0: Welcome to Fresh Picked Astronomy, a casual astrophysical journal club. Each week, I will pick some highlights from archive and discuss them in a way that's accessible to astronomy enthusiasts who aren't necessarily experts. This week, we have galaxy mergers and new observations of a baby planet. Let's get started. Paper one. The current model of galaxy formation is based on the idea that large galaxies are made up of a sequence of mergers between smaller galaxies. Observational evidence at all epochs, from the local universe with Redshift Zero, past Redshift 2, which is 10 million years ago, strongly supports this hierarchical model. However, while you might assume that galaxies and clusters will be more likely to merge due to their proximity, there is not yet strong observational or simulated evidence that clustering enhances merging relative to unclustered or so-called field galaxies. In the paper, Galaxy Merger Fractions in Two Clusters at Redshift 2 using Hubble Space Telescope by Courtney Watson, Kim Vitron, Autumn Tomjak, Leo Alcorn, Irene V. Salazar, Anshu Gupta, Evelina Momcheva, Casey Popovich, Peter Van Dockum, Gabriel Brahma, and Jennifer Lotz, the authors find that the merger fraction in both clusters is enhanced relative to the field population. These clusters were selected by overlapping observations from the XMM-Newton X-ray Telescope and the IRAC-Infrared Telescope, linking clouds of hot intracluster gas, which is bright in X-rays because the gas is superheated to 100 million Kelvin, with groups of stars-forming galaxies, which are bright in the near-infrared. To confirm the clusters, the new FIRM telescope was used to measure the redshift, or the distance to, the galaxies within the clusters. The two remaining candidates, at redshifts 1.6 and 1.9, were then observed with the Hubble Space Telescope, HST, using the Wide Field Camera and with a GRISM. The Wide Field Camera allows them to image the whole cluster at once. A GRISM, on the other hand, is a combination of of a diffraction grating and a PRISM, is used to produce a light spectrum for each object in the field by spreading each galaxy into its different colors. With this information, the precise redshift to each galaxy in the field could be measured, removing contaminants which are in the same line of sight as the clusters but much closer to us. Finally, the merger fraction of each cluster is calculated. This is done three different ways so that the results can be compared to previous studies. But in the end, all methods require that galaxies are brighter than 23rd magnitude in the F130W filter of the HST-Wattel camera, and that angular separations are less than 3 arcseconds. All three methods give similar results. Using several existing surveys, namely COSMOS and CDFS, the merger fraction of the field galaxies was computed. The mean merger fraction of the field was around 5%, while in the clusters, the fractions were 11% and 18% much higher than the field even within the error estimates. This is consistent with several other studies, but is far from conclusive because of the small sample size of only two clusters. However, because of the inclusion of large surveys like Cosmos, the measurement of the field population is quite robust and can be useful as more clusters are found. Now we move on to the second paper. Last year it was discovered that PDS-70, which is a star roughly 5 million years old, has a companion which is of planetary mass. This planet is estimated to have a mass between 2 and 17 times the mass of Jupiter, and it is located 22 astronomical units from its star, or at about four times farther out than Jupiter. This system is thus a unique place to study the formation of a young planetary system. In the paper titled, A Highly Structured Disc Around the Planet Host PDS-70 Revealed by High Angular Resolution Observations with ALMA by Miriam Kepler, Richard Teague, Jehan Bey, Miriam Benesty, Thomas Henning, Roy Van Bokel, Edvig Chapion, Paula Pinilla, Jonathan P. Williams, Gesa H. M. Bertrand, Stefano Faccini, Mario Flock, Christian Ginsky, Attila Juhasz, Hubert Klar, Yu Liu, Andre Muller, Laura Perez, Andriana Poole, Giovanni Rosotti, Mattia Samland, and Dmitri Semenov. More exploration of this planetary nursery is presented. Using the Atacama Large Millimeter Array, or ALMA, as it's commonly called, the authors attempt to characterize the disk of gas and dust around the star in which the planet formed. The dust continuum was observed at a wavelength of 850 micrometers, which means that even relatively cool dust was imaged. In the dust images, there is strong evidence of a cavity, an asymmetric ring, and a possible bridge between the outer dust ring, a 73 AU, and the region near the star. The location, width, and inclination of the dust ring were determined through fitting a Gaussian ring to the data with a Markov chain Monte Carlo sampler. By comparing the temperature of the dust to the observed flux, the authors used the method of Isella et al. 2014 to put an upper limit on the dust mass of 0.8 times the mass of the moon. Because it is difficult to directly see molecular hydrogen, carbon monoxide is often used as a proxy to look at dense molecular gas the carbon monoxide observations were carried out at the same time as the dust observations. The bridge feature seen in the dust is also seen in the gas, along with a resolved inner ring, an asymmetric disk, two gaps in the disk, and shadowing. The size of the inner disk, 15 astronomical units, is consistent with previous observations and with hydrodynamical simulations. One of the gaps is likely explained by the large planet, while the other is likely due to light coming from the bottom side of the disk, getting dimmed by dust along the way. The bridge found in both the dust and the gas is an interesting target for follow-up observations because it may be a gas flow from the outer to the inner disk. Increased spatial resolution would be required to measure the velocity disruption along the flow. Another potentially interesting target was identified in the carbon monoxide images, a point source. This small source may lie on the mid-plane of the disk at 71 astronomical units, but it could not be confirmed with the resolution of this observation. The authors hypothesized that it could be a second forming planet, making the system even more unique. Finally, models of the gas data best match the observations if the previously detected planet has a mass of about 5 Jupiter masses. Hydrodynamical models of the ring rotation, however, best match the data if the planet has a mass of about 10 Jupiter masses. The authors suggest that the discrepancy could be resolved by the presence of a second planet. It's clear that more observations of this interesting system are needed. Thanks for listening to this first episode of Fresh-Picked Astronomy. The format will probably change a little bit as I get more into the swing of things, but I hope to do this about once a week and talk about two or three papers a week. For more information about this podcast and to send me your comments and questions, please go to jwisbell.com podcast. Goodbye for now.